0: to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my goodness. What is going on? Holy crap. Can we just talk about that it is the end of December? It is the end of 2020. <gasps> holy crap, crapola what a year y'all what a year I am I don't even know where it went it's crazy and I'm exhausted and there's a podcast coming about rest and relaxation you better believe it biggest lesson of 2020 for me but I am doing today's episode for all of you out there who possibly have a book in you possibly have a story that needs to be shared that you haven't shared yet And I want to share with you the lessons that I learned when writing my book. And even if you don't want to write a book, I really believe that the lessons that this experience taught me are life lessons that I will be using for the rest of my life. Incredible things like boundaries and time and how you speak to yourself and sleep and creativity, all of the things. So I want to get into it because I really believe that you know, I learned some, some life changing shit in that experience. And so I want to talk to you about it. I know a lot of you have got the book. I've been seeing your photos on Instagram, your, your, your beautiful stories, your quote photos. And I'm just, I appreciate you. And thank you for leaving me reviews on Amazon. Thank you for leaving me reviews on Goodreads. Thank you so damn much. I don't know if I've shared already, but the day that the book came out, it was number one in Australia, number one in the UK. The next day, when I interviewed Byron Katie, which was like life changed, holy shit, biggest moment of my life. The next day, the book was number one in the USA and in Canada. Like what? Like, yo, that shit is crazy. So it's already a a bestseller, which is incredible. And it's because of you. You guys have been showing me love and supporting me. And I I can't even, I, I love you. And I appreciate you so damn much. So let's talk about the lessons with book writing. First of all, I need to say, if you listen to my podcast about why I don't do shit that I'm not good at or something like that, <laughs> uh, why I'm not doing anything I suck at, that's what the podcast was. And it's important because for a long time I had a story and my story was that I'm not a good writer. Now you can imagine when I have a story that I'm not good at writing, what kind of book am I going to write? What kind of content am I going to be able to produce in written form? None. When I tell myself that I'm not a good writer, I don't write, right? I don't think about writing. I don't try to write. I don't attempt it. So first and foremost, recognize what story you're telling yourself about what you can and can't do. One of my favorite quotes in the book is, what if the person stopping you is you? And it's big because we want to say it's that person or it's because of this or it's because of that. And the reality is, baby, it's you look in the mirror. That's your biggest enemy or your best fucking friend it's you against you and when I tell myself the story that I'm not a good writer and that I don't know how to write and then I compare myself to my friends that are amazing at writing because they write (laughs) right they write that's why they're good at it and they have an art because they do it a lot so first and foremost I learned about the stories I was telling myself about myself and how that was stopping me from writing my book this book was in me. It wanted to come out a long time ago. And I also kept thinking, oh, it's going to be a big thing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I got to tell my life story book first. I want to do a biography or a memoir about my life and my crazy story before I do this book. And all of that was a bunch of bullshit. So really, if this is you, check your stories, question your stories. What is that about? Is it true? Is that shit holding you back? Is there any truth to it? Or is it just bullshit that you've been telling yourself for so long that you now believe it? Because that was definitely my reality. And as I mentioned, the next thing is know your shit, know your content. So if you are a coach, if you are someone who has a profession, you're a, you're a career person, a makeup artist, whatever, or you're, you're a woman who has a story to tell, know your story, know your content. I recently interviewed a gorgeous friend, Katrina Blowers, who's a news reporter in Brisbane. Her podcast is coming out soon. And she said to me that most people only have three core stories and they repetitively tell them over and over and over again. And what she does now is she helps women unravel and unpack and create their stories. This is very important. And I talk about this a lot in my business. And if you got a business or you want to own a business, listen to this, okay? We need to know our messaging. We need to know what we're doing. We need to know what we're speaking and saying. We need to know it. We need to constantly repeat it and say it. Repetition, repetition. Not because you have nothing else to talk about, but because sometimes people need to hear it many times. And it doesn't have to be complicated. My practice of confidence in the book, The Five C's, is fucking simple as hell. I say in the book, it says, this is not some revolutionary shit. This is just some shit I put together. (laughs) that's what i said in my book about it because it's not it's not like this is my process and took 50 years and it's all well intricate and so advanced it's not it's not advanced it's fucking simple and sometimes the most simple shit is what gets us results it is the most simple shit and we don't do it we think it needs to be complicated So I'm telling you this because if you could understand your stories or your content or your process or your step-by-step or how you did what you did, if you want to share it, you need to know it front to back, inside out. You need to know the nuances of it. You need to know it so well that you talk about it so many times in so many different ways because when you're going to write a book, the content needs to be your shit. You need to know it. And I had already been talking about confidence. I had literally, I went through my podcast. I transcribed some podcasts and I'm like, holy shit, what I'm writing in my book. I already said on my podcast about a million times. And it was so funny because I'm like, oh, am I repeating myself? Yes, you are repeating yourself. Oh, good. Good. Because this is a message that people need to hear. And clearly, you know it because you've been singing that same song for so long. And then you get a Grammy and people like, oh my God, that's the best song ever. And I'm like, yo, that person that got a Grammy sang that shit over a hundred times over five years. And then they get a Grammy and it's a air quotes, new song. It's not new. They know that song inside out. So my next tip is know your content, know what you're talking about, know your story. If you're doing nonfiction like me and you have a process or you want to teach someone how to something, you got to know your stuff. You got to know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? can't just be some bullshit. You practice for two weeks and then you're going to tell people how to do it and what they're doing. You haven't practiced it yourself. It needs to be some shit, you know, and if you've been doing your life or you've been doing your work for a long time, this book is probably already bubbling inside of you. It's a message that's already been in there, ready to come out. That's my next thing. The third thing, besides telling yourself that you're not a writer, if you're a speaker, by the way, if you could speak your ass off like I can, like you're a talker, you're most definitely a good writer. You just haven't sat down and and practiced it. My next tip is boundaries. Something I learned about myself during this time is that I could create boundaries and you're probably like, yeah, duh. Okay. Anybody can listen to me. (laughs) I had, I have issues sitting down being still. I have issues with my calendar. I still do. My husband's like, your calendar is crazy because I let it be crazy. I book shit in. I, I slide people in here. I I go all around the town and back in one day. He's just like, it's too crazy. My calendar is crazy. So when we were in this lockdown and this book idea came, like I'm going to write this book. I didn't know that we were going to be in a severe lockdown at the time when I booked my, my editor and my writer. And then we were, and I'm like, shit, well, the universe is hooking me up. It's telling my ass to sit down. You can't go anywhere. You literally can't leave five kilometers from your house. You can't be out of your house for more than an hour that's it. You need to sit your ass down. It's time for you to write this book. And so I feel like I was being told now you got to write this book. And so when we did this, when I, when I sat there and I said, what is it going to take? I thought I could write during the day in between clients, in between webinars, in between, you know, doing virtual classes for corporates. I thought I could do all that shit. And I realized that the time was ticking And I hadn't actually set a boundary for my time. I hadn't actually worked out a plan with my husband and with my writer and in my schedule and with Nikki who works with us. I hadn't worked it out. I was just trying to do shit in between things and it didn't work. Let me tell you what. August came and I'm like, fuck, we're on a time crunch. I literally feel like I wrote this book in six weeks. And I'm not saying that for a pride or a stamp of I'm so cool. That shit was stressful It's not cool If you have nine months You need nine months You need a year The longer you have the better But I also work really well When I'm on time constraints For some fucked up reason I work really well When it's like You need these slides done tomorrow And I'm like Shit I have four hours I don't know why But it's good Probably not good for my immune system Or my uh, adrenal Or my nervous system (laughs) So I can't be functioning like that All the time But I looked at it And I went Wow And my husband said What are you doing? Why are you booking people in why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? What's this in there for? Can you move that to three weeks from now? Can you move that to 2021? Can you move this? Do you have to do that? And I'm like fuck babe. It was the best thing ever. Thank you Hamish. I love you He's always on point with that shit because I was trying to do too much And thinking that I would be able to write a book and get it out in between that shit So one of my biggest lessons was boundaries boundaries on my time saying No Not hanging out with my friends, not calling my friends, not being on the social media. Not, 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 no. Let me tell you how hard that shit was. I had friends that shit was going on for them and I couldn't be there for them. I couldn't pick up the phone and call them. I didn't have any time. And I was in a lockdown, in a pandemic lockdown, just like everybody else in the world was. And I put so much pressure on myself. Like I can't be in lockdown and forget about everyone. My sisterhood women were in lockdown. I was virtually serving them. We were doing virtual events. I was doing hot seat coaching calls twice a month for two hours each call, four hours a month. I had, I have two fucking kids, man. I watched Moana like 70,000 times. Moana, 70,000 times. I almost started writing the song. I've been standing at the fucking Moana. You know, like my son was obsessed. I had my laptop on my lap, sitting on the corner. Of the couch trying to edit a chapter while we're listening to freaking Moana, you know? And he's like, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm not focused. So that's how it was. But I realized that I could sit down, that I could say no, that I could say, no, I can't be there. No, I can't call you. No, I can't check your messages. No, I can't take any coaching clients right now. Some of my women wanted to book in, but I couldn't do it. <coughs> Excuse me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it all. And, and it taught me something about myself, which I never knew I had in me, was to say no at that level, was to set boundaries and protect my energy at that level. Because I'm open. I'm always open. I'm out there in the world with the people and they can devour me and I can sit on a mosh pit and I can be shoved around the audience. That's me. I'm not the rock star on the fucking stage. I'm in the mosh pit getting thrown around. I'm with the people. But I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that in this scenario. I needed to be put away and 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 bunkered down if I was going to write this book. And then I started working at night when the kids were asleep and that was really great. I would start writing at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. and stay up till 2 a.m. And it was such a magical time. Like I don't I love being up late, but then you got to wake up early when you got kids and that shit's not fun. But for me that time was so imperative because I just got like I got all my juice at that time. It was very like a spiritual experience writing at that time. I got into the fucking vortex. I got into my zone. Some of the stories that came, I got, I got tears. I got memories. It was incredible. So that was my next thing. Time and boundaries. You do have time, baby. You do have time. You can say no. You're just choosing not to. And when the thing is bigger than you and you got a big fucking why a big reason why that's bigger than you trust me you find a way to do it and when you write a fucking book you need to or when you record an album if you're a singer or you like music or when you write a play or you got to do acting or anything creative it requires this level of boundaries with your time and with your energy a million percent the next one is ask for help ask for help so although I did realize that I was a good writer, meaning I could write if I tried to, I could write. And the more I wrote, the better I got. And now I feel like I'm, I'm good because I did it so much. I don't feel like it went away. It's actually still in me. I write my weekly newsletter. By the way, you better sign up for that shit. My weekly newsletter, head over to the link in the bio here, the link in the show notes. Um, I do write now, you know, and now I'm like, oh, it stuck with me. But I needed to ask for help in the areas where I didn't know what the hell I was doing. For example, editing, you know, sometimes I write, like I speak most times I write, like I speak and I don't have fucking, it's like a paragraph sentence. Uh, it's a run-on sentence for sure. Uh, there's a bunch of commas missing. There's exclamation points everywhere, (laughs) you know, cap blocks on like, that's how I write. And so I needed someone who knew my message and how I wrote and how I was going to be to help me edit it so that it sounded like it's a proper book, but also it's not me filtering myself. And I reached out to the amazing business chicks community, which is a pro, a thing that I'm in. Uh, it's a women's business community and I highly recommend if you're in business and you're a woman in business that you get a community around you. We are not designed to do any of this shit by ourselves any of life, not only business, just any of it. Personal development is lonely. Business can be lonely. All of it. So I wrote in there, I said, listen, I'm, I need help. I'm writing a book. I need someone to help me editing, ghostwriting, whatever it is. And I got this beautiful lady named Sarah, who is incredible. Shout out Sarah Meginson. I love you. And Sarah and I chatted on the phone and we just hit it off. We hit it off. I loved her. I loved her. No bullshitness. I loved how she just was. I felt like we were very similar. Right. She lives in Queensland. She's Australian. So she didn't have my crazy background, my ghetto vibes, my Latina shit. She didn't have any of that. But she had a similar vibe to me. And me and her chatted for a long time and basically I hired her as a ghostwriter. And I talk about this in my other podcast of why I don't no longer do things I suck at if you're interested in what a ghostwriter is and all that. But I was thinking she's going to write my book. I don't want anybody else to write my book. And long story short, she didn't write my book. I wrote my book. She edited with me. So sometimes you could have somebody straight up write your book. You give them a few points and ideas and they interview you and they research and they write your book. Other times, people interview you and you write your book but it's them formatting everything so we went back and forth we had these beautiful zoom calls where i cried she cried just amazing connection and i and i thought about i talked about this before but i thought about alicia keys in the netflix series um sound explorer it's an amazing series on netflix and she met this man in the uk I don't remember his name, Sampa, Sampa. He's amazing, anyway, he's a beautiful singer. And they sat down and they wrote this song three hour drive together. And it was like, it's like making love, right? You're a your songwriter, you're producer, you sit in the studio and you're like, this lyric, yes. And this sound and this beat, oh yes. And you're literally making love out of music. And I tell you what, I feel like Sarah was my music co-writer. You know, I feel like we made love with the book. We were like, fuck, we were crying on Zoom. We're writing this in, we're writing, we're changing this. Another thing, you think you know what you're going to write and then everything changes. And be okay with that. And that's a life lesson. You think you know what's going to happen and then everything changes. Be okay with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, let let life, let your surprises come. Don't be so attached to the outcome. Sometimes things will change and evolve most times, especially if you're a creative. So I knew I needed help. I connected really well with Sarah. I invested money with Sarah. You know, sometimes you got to ask for help and you got to be prepared to pay what it costs to get the help and you got to know who you need as well. And how do you know when you've never written a book? I'm a first time author. I vibed. I was like, let me check your vibe. Let me check your energy. I don't know if I like you. Let's check in. Let's let's tune into each other. If you're choosing anyone for anything, your relationships, you're a fucking lady who waxes your vagina, you're a fucking eyebrow person, your a book editor, whoever. I don't care who you're choosing. You got to feel them out. A coach, definitely. How do you feel when you're around them or when you speak to them? That's your intuition. So I tap into that all the time and I just loved Sarah. And she's coming to the book launch party. We're flying her from Queensland to Melbourne and she's coming. I'm going to meet her for the first time. Oh, it makes me emotional just talking about it. <laughs> Because she was so incredible. Oh, I love you, Sarah. She was incredible. I shared some of my most intimate moments with her. Some things that we wrote didn't even make it in the book. We're like, that's for the other book. That's for the memoir book. That's for the crazy life story book. And we got a lot of stuff that we saved and we will use it for the next book. Don't get it twisted. But it was just beautiful to have her. She's a mother. She would cry. I was crying. We're laughing. We just had a friendship. And because she was invested in the project as much as me, it became sick. So I would write a bunch of shit, run on sentences, you know, big ass things that I would repeat myself 50 million times, send it to Sarah. Sarah would edit it, send it to me. I would edit what she did and read it to Hamish, my husband. And he'd be like, "Yep, that's good. Oh, no, no, take that out. Hamish was the last straw, which brings me. To my other point about asking for help ask the right people and you might go i don't know who the right people are don't ask your negative ass friend about what she thinks about that don't ask your broke friend about money right don't ask an employee about running a business don't ask the people who are not with this because they'll fuck you up and you already will lack confidence and then on top of that they're telling you what you should and shouldn't do i didn't let 50 million people read my chapters i sent it to my husband I sent it to Brianna, Bambi Media, my my podcast producer and best friend. I sent it to Nikki who works with me and she's my homie. That's it, I didn't send my book to a bunch of people because I don't want other opinions influencing me. And I'm very hard to influence. If you are not hard to influence, choose one person, a fair person who's not gonna fangirl on you, who's gonna give you some truth, maybe a mentor. There's people, when we do a big project like this, we need help and we need to be okay to accept the help. And we need to do what we're really good at and stay away from the shit we're not good at. I'm not good at graphics. I am not. I could fix up some graphics that are already done and shift things around, but from concept, a clean concept, no. (laughs) You give me a clean white something, I'm like, what the fuck do I do? I don't do graphics. So hire someone who, who sees your vision. Our graphics lady, she's lovely, but she's like soft Kiki K pretty hashtag pink boss girl, like love and light. Like that's the kind of graphics person she was. And so I was like, girl, I'm fucking bold. Like I like bold font and, and exclamation points (laughs) and hot pink with cheetah print on the same fucking page. I need some bold shit. Like I need to like, you know, like channel Cardi B and Gary V. Can you do that? And back and forth, yes, no, ooh, that's too soft, that's not for me, I would never use yellow polka dots, I got it, Erica, and then she got it, and in the book, you'll see, there are black pages with, like, pink font, there's a full cheetah print page with a quote that I wrote, The zebra print and shit, like, pink, there's so much fucking pink in the book, it's a fun book, it's big font, I wanted big font, do you know what I'm saying, you gotta say what you need to say. You gotta you gotta vibe with the people, and then you gotta speak your truth. On to my next point. I don't know what number I'm on, who gives a fuck? On to my next point, right? Let it be you. Oh, I, I want you to feel that. Let it be you. Anything you create, let it be you. Let it be you. Don't try to copy somebody. Don't try to take someone else's vibe. If you're influenced by them, fucking fantastic. I got a few people taking my shit on Instagram. I don't care, by the way. I don't give a fuck because it's not my shit. You know, I put it together, but I learned it along the way. But I'm like, why? Create your own shit. Change it up for yourself. Express it in your way. We could replicate what we see. That's one way. Or we could take it, be influenced by it, and create our own art. My book... I wanted it to be like me. I wanted it to be easy. I think about I think about myself when I lived in Boston and I didn't have any fucking money and I had to take the bus when it wasn't fucking cool. That shit wasn't cool when I had to take the bus, y'all. It's cool as fuck now, but it wasn't cool back then to take the bus with your coins on the corner of the street and all your friends see you that you don't have a car. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit wasn't cool. Welfare, food stamps, you can't pay your groceries at the shopping fucking... Market Basket, that was the shop that we used to go to The supermarket, Puerto Rican Market Basket And you can't pay, even the food stamps get declined And you're like, oh my god The kid at the register is from my high school I'm out of here mom, I'm gonna wait outside Like, that shit, you gotta put things back So I think about myself back then And how I wasn't Still, I don't consider myself an intelligent woman Like a studious, intelligent woman That's not me I don't consider that to be me I don't consider me to be intelligent. And I'm not saying that I'm not smart. I'm fucking smart as hell. Very street smart as well. You know, and I'm strategic with my business and I'm resourceful and and resilient and all that. But I don't consider myself an an intellect, if that makes sense. And so when I thought about my book, I didn't want a wall of text. I didn't want a wall of fucking tiny font that nobody could read. I wanted big ass letters. I wanted a... I wanted a font that was like simple, where people could actually read it if they, if they wanted to read the book. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I wanted it to be like a chick from Boston, you know, that's like, I don't read books. And then she sees the book and goes, I want to read this fucking book. This looks fun. This is pink. The font is huge. It's important that it's you that it's how you speak and what you want to say. Anything you make, even if you're not writing a book and you're listening to this podcast, anything, your Instagram, your, your clothing, your style, your vibe, is it you? And why isn't it if it's not? Why aren't you expressing yourself? This is an opportunity that we all have to express ourselves the way we are. I think about Cardi B and I fucking love her for that. Every time I doubt myself, I'm going to tell you a story about chapter one and how I reread it and doubted myself. Every time I doubt myself, I tap into Cardi B she is crazy and she doesn't give a fuck that you think she's crazy she doesn't give a fuck that she says whap and pussy and crazy shit and the people are like i can't believe her she's so gross i can't believe how uh she doesn't fucking care man what you think she doesn't care what anybody thinks oprah had to love her oprah had to love her she made people love her she made noise she killed it she showed up raw and, and who the fuck she is. And she showed up so good that you had to love her. You can't ignore that she's a genius and she's killing it. And, and you know what? She doesn't care what you think. She's got money. She's got her baby. She's got her man. She is happy. She's doing her thing. And do I agree with everything she says? No. But I love her steezy. I love her style. I love how she just does her thing. And she does not care what you think. And it's not, it doesn't bother her. So you need to be you in this work that you're making. Don't try to be anybody else. It's not gonna work when you try to be copy me or copy Oprah or I try to copy someone. It doesn't work because it's a it's a, it's a a filtered non-real version versus you saying what you believe. And it's scary. Let me tell you something. It is so scary to write what you believe in a fucking book that gets printed times hundreds and thousands of copies forever for life very scary and also back to the point about asking for help you want to make sure that people help you to make sure that what you're saying is not bullshit i remember saying a quote ages ago that two million people die every 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 day and it was not true and i had to go back on my instagram and fucking edit that post i'm like actually it's 155,000 people i can't write that in my book i can't print shit in my book that's not true So asking for help, letting people who know how to do shit, do it. I I got a publisher, Dean Publishing. Shout out to Dean Publishing. They're amazing. They are a independent publisher. They're not the typical, you know, Penguin, HarperCollins, all the big publishing houses who, hello, if you want to be my publisher, come and hit me up, please. Uh, I really would love to have a big publisher because then that means my book goes everywhere and I really want my book to go everywhere. But for me, I was like, I'm going to do what I do. I want my book to go out, I'm not gonna wait. I'm not gonna wait, I'm gonna get it out there and then I'm gonna pimp it out and then I'm gonna find this and find that. So I did, I found Dean Publishing, I I hired them, I'm published, so the book is a published book. They've been incredible. They know how to do shit that I had no idea. And you know what they did? They took my air quotes finished book and they changed the whole thing. Not the words. They changed the formatting of the font and the text. They changed the way things looked. They made it a traditional publishing looking book. And remember, you gotta know why you're doing this. Are you doing this because you want people to say you're an author and you're cool? Are you doing this because you genuinely wanna have a book that impacts the world and reaches millions and becomes a New York Times bestseller because it hits so many people? Are you doing it because you wanna be a speaker for authority? A lot of people do books for different reasons. You need to know why you're doing this. My why was I want this shit to be like subtle art of not giving a fuck. I want it to reach millions of people for years to come. And I'm happy to wait for however long that takes. And I don't give a fuck if I make money with this book or not. And trust you me, I do make money with this book, but I don't care about that. Meaning that's not my number one intention. My number one intention is that I have a book that in America is 2495 that can help someone change their life if they action it and someone will and has changed their life with it. Like what? I'm done. Thank you. Tick. Done. That's, that's all I want. And then it became a bestseller in the first day. I'm done. Like, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, Oprah. Thank you, Allah, Buddha. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to the gods. That's like, I'm ticked off, done. So you need to know why you're doing this. Why you're doing this. There are people that do 24-hour author, 12-hour author, author in a weekend. I wasn't interested in that. It's cheaper than what I ended up paying because I invested a lot of money on this book, a lot. I invested over 40K on this book, $40,000. Not all at once, but I invested over $40,000. Now, when you look at the book and you see it, it's fucking quality, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it looks pro and the content inside is legit. We did a plagiarism check. We had Byron Katie say, yes, we could use her work in there. Byron Katie said I could use her work You know what I'm saying? Like we did it right. And that's stuff that I couldn't do by myself. Back to the point on asking for help and know what you need and know who you are. I am not someone who's going to go email Byron Katie and be patient and wait for them to get back to me. I wouldn't even know where the hell to start with that. To be honest, I would just go, oh, that's impossible. And it's not true. Nothing is impossible. Nothing. I'm going to tell you that again. Nothing is impossible. If you really go for it and you get the right people that know what the fuck they're doing, Susan with Susan Dean Publishing, Nat, Jazz, Chloe, Monique, everybody, everybody there supported me so much and it's everything they did. I couldn't do. I couldn't have done that by myself. You, you, you can't wear all the hats. Sometimes in your business, you need to let them hats go. You need to let somebody who's way better at it, do it, who loves it and who can do it good much better than you can do it. So financial investment, my next one, it's a financial investment. It is not a cost. It is not expensive. It's an investment. Again, what is the reason that you're doing this for? I got people who they spend 10 K and they made a book, but where's that? Is it going to, where's it going to go? How's it going to be? You got to look at that. Like if you don't care and that's what you want to do, do that. You can do that, but it depends what you want with this book. That's very important. I think it's something you got to ask yourself early days as well. What's my intention? Why am I writing this? Who is it for? What do I want to do with it? Those are some of the questions that Susan asked me when I first had my call with her. And I came to her with a done book. I wish I would have met her at the beginning, but I came to her with a book that was done. And it meant that we had to edit and change shit up a lot that normally she probably wouldn't have had to do. But I didn't know. A lot of learning. Yo, another lesson, another lesson things aren't always what you think they are. Things aren't always what you think they'll be. You have to be willing to adjust and move. I think I said that earlier, but you have to be willing to shift and move and adjust because things will not be what you think they are. And if you're stuck on, it has to be like this. And if it's not this, then it's shit. Good luck. You need to be fluid. You need to be flowy. You can't be rigid with this process. And sometimes you have to write while your kids are eating dinner. And sometimes you have to edit something on the fly. And you know what's crazy? I thought writing the book was the hardest fucking thing. Writing the back blurb of the book where they're gonna judge the back cover. They literally will judge you by the back cover, reading the little blurb at the back. That shit was hard. That was the hardest thing to do. But it's not even that. Once you finish that, it's all the other shit. It's reading the edits. It's promoting the book, it's getting the graphics, it's looking at the Amazon, it's it's shipping. We, we sent over 400 books and what a great problem to have. I am not complaining, incredible. We pre-sold 200 books. I went to Sydney and I ordered these fancy copies from a bespoke printer. The book was $38 or something, $40 per book. We ordered a shitload of those books, but they had to get hand sewn and the paper was different quality and the spot UV on the front cover. I didn't have to do that, by the way. But I wanted those copies to look like they came from a big publisher. I wanted that for my audience, for the people that really love my work and were willing to pre order my book. I gave a little free masterclass, a little video series about confidence with the book. And we pre sold that book, we pre sold 200 copies. 72 of them were from overseas and we just shipped out all those copies because we just got them on the 30th of November. We got them and people ask me, are these books coming? I'm like, girl, the books you see out and about, those are from Amazon. It's not the same book. It's the same book, but these books, right? And can I tell you something? I spent a fuckload of money. I think 12 K or something buying these books. And when I put it next to the book that came from Amazon, there's a little difference. But the Amazon book is fucking beautiful. And it's so funny because if I would have known the difference, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it. Just crazy. Like the shit that you learn. I thought it was going to be totally different. But then again, I'm like, you know what? Cool. These books are fancy. They were handmade. A human helped us and made them gorgeous. Signed them, sent them off with cookies to people. People are opening them. It's divine. It's, it's, it's the most beautiful experience. But I want you to know that it was difficult. It was not easy. It was the hardest fucking thing I've ever had to do. It was like birth and then some birthing a pink fucking 700 pound, 700 gram book, sharp edges, painful birth, (laughs) but it's out in the world. And I think people think it was easy. Oh my God, Eric is killing it. No, you know what happened? I dropped the fucking ball on my body. My health went out the window. I've gained weight. Oh my God, I've gained weight. And now I'm back onto my health and fitness. So yes, I got to do a book. Yes, it became a bestseller. Hell yeah, it was amazing. But it cost, it was a good investment. I hired people. We slowly are climbing and selling these books. It's amazing. And it fucked my body. All this at once. All the beautiful with all the hard, with all the great, with all the shit. It all comes together. And I hope that if you have a book in you, as Wayne Dyer says, don't die with your music inside of you why not? And you don't have to go the same way I went. You could just write your poetry, get your poetry out. You could just get your chapters out as blog post. You could take your podcast. That was another thing that we did. We took the podcast because I have like almost 200 episodes and we transcribed a lot of them. There's been a lot of times where I've done videos or I've spoken about topics that I wanted to talk about in the book. And instead of me writing from scratch, We just took them and we, we transcribed them and we got text and then we edited that and made it nice. And it was incredible to see how much of the book came from the podcast because I had already spoken about it so much back to point one, know your shit, know your content or point two, whatever point that was. Do you know what I'm saying? Time is short as well. Short life. We think we got a lot of time. We don't, and I'm not saying rush. You don't have to rush, but make sure that what you do is what you want to do. That you stop saying one day I will. Why not now? If anything this year taught us, if anything 2020 taught us, shit can change in a second. And then nothing, no thing is guaranteed. Not your health, not your family, not money, not your job, not your followers. Nothing is fucking guaranteed. You could lose it in a second. So why the fuck aren't we all doing what we want to do? Putting our art, our art into the world. Because we can even if it's not a big book distribution thing, even if it's just a blog or a podcast, go do your art, go tell your story, baby, go tell your story. It is important because it's yours and it will always help someone else. Even if it's only one person, this lives gets changed by you. You're fucking done. How beautiful. Why not? Why not? Don't be like, why, why not? When the fuck will you do it? The time is now. I hope that these points helped you. I love you. I'm going to most definitely do a retreat next year for book writers, for people that want to write a book. It's going to be in Australia, probably Melbourne. If you are interested and you want to write a book, this shit is going to be lit. So stay tuned because I must do it. It has to happen because there was so much I learned and I want to share it. I want to share it with you. Ah, last thing I want to say, last thing. I had a lady come to me in my head, in my vision, in my heart, it was as if she was like a spirit guide. And when I tell you it was like a combination of Maya Angelou and a a Spanish woman, it was like a Spanish Maya Angelou. And she came to me many times while I was writing and getting ready to write. And she would tell me things like, choose a different font or don't be, I'm just gonna say it, don't be a silly marginalized woman. Don't do that shit to yourself. And I would be like, fuck. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Sometimes we do dumb shit, especially those of us who are not educated. We grew up in the ghetto. We grew up poor. We grew up as immigrants or our family struggled. We do some shit that we think think it's like uh, trying to not be common. And then we do some shit that sabotages us. So I was paying attention to doing some funky font and I was like, nah, man, this font doesn't look like a book font. And my husband's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, nah, I want my book to look like Marie Forleo's book, but it's going to be me and my words and my language. So sometimes you try to be crafty and different and weird and that shit doesn't work. And pay attention to what you're doing. Are you sabotaging or are you actually trying to make a legit, amazing, incredible bestseller? And sometimes as Tony says, success leaves clues. There are certain things that we need to do to make sure that it's traditional enough where someone picks it up and goes, fuck, this is a legit book. This is legit, but it's in your flavor and in your style. And you might not understand what I mean. And if you don't, that's okay. I know what I mean. It was a gift to me. I would say some stuff that was like putting myself down as like a a Puerto Rican ghetto bitch like I would say dumb shit in my book and it was putting me down and then that voice would come and go Hey, don't write that. You don't need to like what no don't talk to, about yourself like that Don't don't put that there. Don't worry about that. Who cares what they think about that? Just fucking write it own it And it just really helped me like what color are the page is gonna be How big is the font gonna be what kind of font are you gonna use? What still looks like a proper book, but it's still your flavor and your vibe And when you read it, or if you've already read it, you know it's old me. It's like it's like you're talking to me, but it's a legit book. And this this changed everything. I have to tell you, this voice that came to me, she was incredible, and I was so grateful for her. I don't know if it was me in the future, old me, in the future going, Erika, no, eso, don't do that. No, 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 eso no. Yes, eso sí, eso no. Like she was like guiding me. I don't know how to explain it. It's really crazy, but I'm really grateful for that voice and that guide and the fact that I listened because there was a lot of mistakes that I would have made. There was a lot of mistakes that I would have made to include not spending money on my book, to include not investing in the right people to help me. Fear would have gotten in the way. Not backing myself, saying shit that doesn't need to be said in stupid ways that would have offended myself and and many others, like just dumb shit, making myself like a dumb Spanish girl, which is not true. Do you know what I'm saying? Like certain things. So, so tune into that intuition, tune into who you are, tune into what you want this to be. If you want this shit to be like my book, like I want it to be a New York times bestseller, the gift that keeps on fucking giving for 10, 20 years, the book that women refer other women to. If I want that, I truly want that. Be prepared to make it look like it already is the bestseller. Don't wait for it to be a bestseller. Be prepared to make it look like a bestseller. Invest the time the money. Get the team right. Get the people who don't know what the fuck that you don't know what to do, that they know what to do. How do you make your book your book into an EPUB? Do you know what an ePub is? I didn't know what that shit was. That's a Kindle ebook. It's not the same thing as just a PDF. Different thing. I'm doing an audiobook. That costs money. Of course, I'm paying money to go to a studio to properly do my audiobook. I'm not doing that shit in my car like my podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine? Beep! Right? My audiobook. They'll be like, "Damn, is this Erica's podcast? What the fuck am I listening to?" Certain things you got to do the right way if you want a big ass dream. If you want a big ass, if you don't, who cares? Don't listen to me. Do whatever the fuck you want. Have a photo of you on the cover and a square cut out. Whatever. Do whatever you want. But if you want this shit to be pro, be prepared to be pro already. Act like a pro already. Act like a best-selling author already before you are one. Act like a best-selling author before you are one. And let me tell you, you will manifest that. And it is 1111 when I'm about to finish this podcast. Boom shagalaka. Te amo. I love you. Thank you for listening. Hit me up if you got questions about this. If you're in Australia, get your ass to this retreat next year. What's going to happen next year? I'll let y'all know. But I think it's very important. And I'm going to tell you everything, all the secrets. There was some shit that I had to research at two o'clock in the morning that nobody that I hired knew because I had to research that shit. When you hire people, you don't outsource. You still do the work, baby. You still have to figure it out. You're still the the head honcho. You know what I'm saying? You're still the head bitch in charge. There, going, no, yes, what is this, what is that? You don't just blindly follow people because you hired them. So I'm going to talk about all that shit because, yeah, I'm going to do it. Anyway, I love you. I love you. Please, please, please look after yourself. I love you. I appreciate you. Get the book. It's available on Amazon. I think it was sold out on Amazon in the UK but I should be back. The Kindle is out. It's $9.99. It's like $9 for the Kindle. Um, what else? You can get the copy on my website, thequeenofconfidence.com. I love you. Enjoy it. Have a beautiful week. My darling, we are in wild times right now. and In order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic, I want to invite you to consider online training to consider joining a community a sistership where you are going to be held where you're going to be supported where you have a safe space to unravel and with all this time at home you can actually better your life and work on yourself Good news as well, I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from, and we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. And I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.